This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Week two of Going the Distance. Uh, let me give you again uh, some definitions just to make sure we're all on the same page today. Um, here, here's, here's, here's how we would define going the distance. Doing what it takes to finish without quitting. Doing what it takes to finish without quitting. Uh, here's a definition I like. It's a made-up mind determined to endure, endure to the end of a thing. Um, in this series, uh, how we want to frame it, when we talk about going the distance, we're talking about uh, going the distance in a passionate relationship with God, refusing to quit on God, refusing to quit on God's ways, uh, refusing to quit on God's plans and His dreams for our, our lives. Um, if you was here last week, uh, I, I, I mentioned this, that this, this whole concept of enduring or going the distance is actually one of the main themes in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. And we're going to use uh, uh, some verses out of this uh, particular chapter, chapter 10, that really communicates this idea of going the distance. It's our theme verses for this series. In Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 35, it says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have here a need of endurance, so that after you have gone the distance, after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Again, last week out of these verses, we gave you three principles of going the distance. I encourage you to get those. But the writer goes on to say in verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. Come on. We're faith people around here. Come on. We, we live by faith. Notice that faith is not a sermon. Faith is a lifestyle. The just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my God's soul has no pleasure in him. And verse verse 39 is really the assignment in this series to get it into your heart, to get it into your thinking, that you begin to have dreams at night about. about, uh, uh, It says here, but we are not of those who, who draw back. We are not of those. You are not. We are not. We don't quit. We don't draw back. Now notice, to destruction, we found out that this, this word destruction means to, to ruin or it, it uh, has to do with some other things, but it says we don't draw back to destruction or to frustration, but we're those who believe. The message translation really helps us to understand verse 39. It says, but we're not quitters. We're not quitters. We're not quitters, no. Um, and lose out, because if you quit, you know you're going to lose out. It says, uh, no, no. Come on, somebody shout, oh, no. We'll stay with it or we'll go the different, the, 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 we'll go the distance and survive trusting all the way. Trusting all the way. We're going to stay with it. We're going to go the distance. I would encourage you to read the book of Hebrews because it's all through this particular book. Uh, today, I want to talk about one of, the, one of the major reasons or a big reason why people draw back or people quit from their commitment to God. 
And uh, I believe it's the assignment. I'm actually going to preach instead of doing a lot of teaching today. And, and what I mean by preach is I'm going to proclaim a truth and I'm going to hit it over and over and over until I get you to get it. And then I'm going to send you out of here to all the campuses so you can go eat your buffet. But, but we're going to preach before we do that today. Here, here it is. Here's the, here is the big reason why people draw back on their commitment God, are you ready? Here it is. It's because they just simply stop needing God. They simply stop needing God. I, I, I was sharing with my wife uh, what we're, we were going to share this weekend, and she says, you know, that's interesting because Christine Kane, and for those that don't know Christine Kane, she's just a powerful, mighty woman of God that God uses to, to preach the Word of God. And she, she posted this, I, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, yesterday, she said this, and this is really the, the idea of where we're going today. She says, we are never so healed that we don't need Jesus every single moment of the day. I'm going to say it again. We are never so healed that we don't need Jesus every single moment of the day. You can say, you can say not only healed, but we're never so blessed. We're never so well off that we don't need Jesus every single moment you're never going to be good enough that you don't need Jesus every single moment of the day. You know, there was actually a church that lost their need for God in the Bible. You know, it's interesting in Revelations, in the book of Revelations, there's actually two chapters, chapter 2 and chapter 3, where God addresses seven specific churches of his day in Asia Minor there. And... Uh, he, he deals with their works and their condition. And there was a church there that actually had this issue that we're talking about where they actually lost their need for God. I mean, how does a church and how does a people lose their need for God? And I, I want to show it to you here in Revelations chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, Jesus is talking here. He says, write to Laodicea. He says, I, 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 know, you're, I know you inside and out and find little to my liking." You're not cold. You're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot. You're stale. You're stagnant. And you make me want to vomit. I mean, like, say it plain, Jesus. I mean, it's like he's pretty clear, right? He doesn't pull any punches. I, some of you wouldn't even like Jesus preaching to you. I mean, you know, us preachers in the modern world, we got to flowery it all up and make it cute. So you Jesus said, hey, you just make me sick. I like that. He says, you brag. He says, he's going to deal with their issue. He says, you brag, I'm rich. I got it made. I need nothing from anyone. Oblivious that, in fact, you're pitiful, blind beggar, threadbare, and homeless. Now, now catch this, because this is a real church, and these are real people, and they have actually lost their passion for God and His ways. They're... they're the Bible says they're not on, they're not off, they're not cold, they're not hot. They're actually just kind of stuck in the middle. If you know anything about this church, they actually started off on fire. They were, they were passionate. But somewhere in the journey, this church, these people got neutralized and complacent and stagnant. And Jesus says, you know what? It would have been a better, better for you have, to have never started out in this relationship than to start and just settle. And we talked about that last week, that, that, that God has not called us to settle in, that, that He's called us to more. 
but these people had settled. They they become lukewarm and mediocre and complacent with 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 the activity of of their relationship with God. They're they're they they were just busy people, and Jesus is telling them this this pulling back and this taking a time out of your commitment to God, this, this uh, toning it down and chilling out for a bit, uh, this refusal to go the distance. Jesus says, hey, it's really not going to really work out well for, for you. And uh, what's interesting is that Jesus actually tells them what was causing this issue in this church and these people's lives. And we read it here in verse 17. Again, I, I don't want you to miss it. He says, here, here's why you don't have a need for me anymore. He says, you say, I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are miserable. Um, one of the definitions when Jesus says, or when Hebrews says, we are not them who draw back to destruction. One of the Greek words for destruction there is miserable. And so Jesus said, Here, here's your problem. Here's your issue. Um, you, you say you have no need for anything. But the truth is you're really miserable. Um, they, they, they didn't need anything. They were comfortable. They, they, they were saying that, that we're satisfied. We, we got our house. We got our, we got our cars. We got our bank accounts. We got friends. I mean, we used to need God. I mean, we used to need God, but, but, but we got a job now. And we're busy and we got responsibilities and we have places to go and things to go, do. I, we used to do that God thing real hot and passionate. But, you know, I have responsibilities and bills to pay. And so it was their, their need for nothing that was keeping them from going the distance. Now, here's what's interesting. Most people don't know this, but uh, here's what Jesus says to the church at Laodicea that has this issue uh, where they don't need God anymore. Can you imagine a church that doesn't need God? And remember when we're talking about church, we're not talking about a building. We're talking about the people. They, they actually started out with God, but they really don't need... We're good. We're good. And thanks for helping us get the good start, Lord. And we're, we're good. And, 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 and so Jesus says this to those people who've lost their need for him. He says, here I am. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in now, most of us church-going people, we've heard that verse before, but we typically hear it for those that, 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 that don't know the Lord. We, we preachers use that in altar calls, you know, that Jesus stands at the door of your life, and if you open it up, he'll come in and he'll save your life. But, but Jesus, he wasn't talking to unsaved people. He was actually talking to church-going people. And he was saying, I used to be on the inside of that church. I used to be on the inside of your life. But, 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 but I had to go out on the lawn and vomit. I, I, I got sick of your complacency. And so I had to go outside and, and I'm knocking on the door of your life. And, and I'm saying this, hello, somebody, did I lose anybody here? He said, he says, I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm knocking because I want you to know there's more. I can do more in your life. We're not there yet. 
Come on. I, I want you to see that picture. God's not running away from us. God is knocking on our door and he says, don't stop here. Go the distance. There's more. I can do more in your life. I can do more in your marriage. I can do more in your family. I can do more in your job. I can do more in your bank account. There's more. Somebody shout, there's more. The Bible, God himself warns us about this condition in Deuteronomy. And I want you to show, to show it to you as I'm just proclaiming this truth. God warns the people about losing their, their need for him. In Deuteronomy 8, 7, 7 through 9, notice what God says here. He says, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines and fig trees and pomegranates of olive oil and honey. Catch this. Look at what God is saying. This is what I'm going to do for you. And, and God's word is God speaking to us. So this is what God is saying he's going to do for us. He said, it is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. What is God saying? God is saying, I've got a dream to take you out of nothing and bless your life with abundance. God says, that's what I'm doing. That, that's what I want you to have a good life. I want you to have a blessed life. I don't want you to have scarcity in your life. God's got a place of plenty for you. But then he goes on and he gives them a warning. He says, when you have eaten your fill, in verse 10, he says, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Hear it again, hear it again. God wants to take you into a good land. But once he takes you into that good land of abundance, he says, he says you, you need to make sure that you keep praising the Lord and the, for the good land that he's given you. He, say, he goes on to say in verse 11, but that is the time, that is the time. Here's the warning to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, in your blessing, you don't forget the Lord your God and begin to disobey Him. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes, nice homes, luxury homes, God wants to give you a nice home. God wants to give you a nice life. God wants to bless you. But He says that that's the time. You've got to be cautious that you don't forget, that you don't forget. He says, and build fine homes to live in. And when your flocks and herds and your businesses become very large and, and your silver, hello, and your gold have multiplied, notice He says, that is the time to watch out that you don't become proud and forget the Lord your God. Well, what is God saying here? God is saying, listen, the more I bless you, the tendency will be to forget about him or to neglect him. And it happens all the time, doesn't it? With all of us. You see, God wants to bless you. But in the midst of the blessing, God still wants you to need him. God still wants you to need him. God, I have plenty, but I still need you. God, I've got a house now. It may not be the best, but God, I got a house and I know you're going to give me a nicer house, but God, I just want you to know in this apartment that you've given me, I still need you. God, I got a car now. It may not be the car I'll have in the future, but God, I still want you to know in this nice car, I still need you. I have a job. Thank you for my job, God, but I want you to know I still 
I still need you, Lord. Because that's usually why we don't have need of them, because we're busy managing all of our, our blessings. Hello, God, I got the spouse now. Oh, dear Jesus, you know I need you now. <laughs> God, I have abundance. I have plenty. God, I still need you. You see, God is not blessing you so that you can forget about him. Right in the middle of God's blessings, don't you forget God. Don't you stop needing God. Stay hungry. Hear hear this preacher today. This is what God wants me to tell you. This is what I'm proclaiming. Stay hungry for God. Those that hunger and thirst shall be filled. Here's the big idea today. Here's, Here's what I want you to take home today. Your God doesn't need anything but your need for Him. Come on, if you don't get anything else, that's, that's the truth. That, that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Your God doesn't need anything but your need for Him. That might shock you, but God needs you to need Him. And it's in your need for Him that He actually responds to you. You want God to respond to you? You want God to help you? then you must need Him. God responds to those who are believing and expecting Him to meet their needs. We know that. We, we quote this scripture all the time in Philippians 4.19. God will supply all your needs. What? With all abundant wealth through Christ Jesus. You see, God supplies. God is attracted to your need for him. God supplies, hear it again, God supplies those who have need of him. Does anybody have need of God today? Come on. Is there anybody in this room? Anybody in Madeira? Anybody in Fresno? Does anybody need God today? Come on. Does anybody need some food money today? Does anybody need some rent money today? Does anybody need some bill money today? Don't you act like you don't need nothing and sit, and sit there work all week long to try to get some money to pay your bills. It's not your job that's going to supply the miracle. It's our God that's going to supply the miracle. Come on, does anybody need some college money? My God shall supply all. Oh, oh, somebody shout all. Oh. Come on, does anybody need a car today? This isn't foolishness. God already said, I'm going to give you car. I'm going to give you houses. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to give you gold. I'm going to give you silver. And when I do it, don't you dare forget who I am. Does anybody need a house today? Does anybody need a car today? Does anybody need a job? Anybody need a miracle today? Does anybody need a healing? Does anybody need a deliverance? How about restoration? Anybody need something restored in your life? How about salvation? How about forgiveness? Come on, I know a good one. Anybody need any mercy? Come on, does anybody? I know you, I know you think you're all that in a bag of chips, but I'm here to tell you, we need mercy. Oh, we need God's mercy. Anybody need any peace? Anybody need any joy? Come on, anybody need any hope, any strength, any wisdom? Hey, anybody need any answers? Anybody need a God dream, a God purpose, a God future? Hear this preacher today. As long as you have need, God can supply it. But I'm here to tell you, when you lose lose your need for him, you'll never go the distance with your God. 
Here's the crazy truth about this whole thing. God will never run out of supply if you never run out of need. Did you hear that? God will never run out of supply. He can supply if you never run out of need. But if your need for Him stops, then the supply stops. And the remaining time that I have in this, 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 this service today, I, I want to I wanna show you this truth that if you will... If, if you'll continue to be needful of God, God will always supply your need. There's a story in the book of 2 Kings chapter 3 where God's people have a massive, massive need. God's people are actually in a desert and they're, they're, they're desperate. They have a desperate need for water. They are dying of thirst. It's been several days since they have had any water. And the Bible says that Elisha in that major major need, cries out to God for help. And then we see God's response to Elisha's cry in 2 Kings chapter 3. Notice verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Catch this. Make this valley full of ditches. You will not see wind or rain, but this valley will be filled with water. And then it says, it says, you, your cattle and your other animals will drink. And notice what God says here. The Lord considers this is an easy thing to do. I'm just here to tell you, God's not overwhelmed with your need. God is looking at, at his people who are dying of thirst. And he said, listen, I know you're in the desert, but I want you to know this is an easy thing for me to do. Regardless what you're up against, I'm here to tell you, God's not overwhelmed with your need. God considers it a simple matter to fix. Now catch this. God tells these people they have a great need. God tells them, this is what I need you to do. I need you to grab a shovel and I need you to go all over this valley and I need you to begin to dig ditches. I love it. God is telling them, if you'll go dig ditches, if you'll present to me your need, if you'll show me the need that you're expecting me to meet, if you will just dig a ditch, then I will supply the water. Come on. God needs somebody to dig a ditch. I I like this. Now, I'm sure these guys are thinking, you know, God, all we really need is a jug. If we just had a jug of water, that would be really, really good. But God said, no, if you'll dig ditches all over this valley, I will supply the need. If you can dig it, I will fill it. God is telling them, if you never run out of need, I'll never run out of supply. In other words, if you'll keep digging ditches all over this valley, then I'll keep supplying the need. And you know what's crazy is this is exactly what happened. They presented their need to God. They went throughout that whole valley digging ditches, digging ditches. God, here's our need. God, here's our need. God, we're thirsty. We're about to die. God, here's our need. They had ditches all over that valley. And the Bible says that God sent water and flooded that whole valley, flooded those ditches with his supply. Come on, I'm here to tell you today, God is attracted to your need for Him. God doesn't need anything but your need for Him. He says, if you'll dig the ditch, I'll supply the water. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to hear that. Listen, if you'll keep digging, don't just dig one ditch. You spend your life 
the rest of your life. God, I need you. Oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, I need you. Oh, you ought to just carry a shovel around. Oh, God, I need you. We ought to be the shovel church. What you doing with that shovel? I'm digging my need. Hallelujah. I'm digging. I'm showing God that I'm needy. Come on. Does anybody need God today? You know, this theme just works throughout the Bible. In the very next chapter, 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a story about a woman who's in bad shape. Her husband has died and she's left with this overwhelming debt. And now her sons are about to be taken as slaves to pay off the debt. Life has gotten so bad that the only thing the Bible says she actually even has in her house is of any worth is just this little jar of oil. This woman, hear me, had a great need. And God tells her, here's what God tells her in her great need. I want you to go empty. I want you to go get empty containers. And I need you to go get as many as you can. God tells her to go get what you have need of me to fill. I want you to catch that. She has a need. All she has is a little jar of oil. And God says, I need you to go get me some emptiness. I need you to go get me as many containers, empty containers, as you want me to fill. The Bible says she brought those containers back and she took them in her house. And God says, now begin to pour that little container, that little jar of oil into those containers. And she began to pour it out. Container after container. And as long as she had empty containers, the oil kept flowing. Here, I want to read it for you. 2 Kings 4, verse 6. It says, soon every container was filled to the... Every empty container that that woman found, that that woman got, God filled it to the brim. Notice what happens here. The Bible goes on to say, bring me another jar. She said to her sons... There aren't any more, they said. They told her, and then the oil stopped flowing. Notice, the oil flowed as long as there was an empty container. As long as they kept bringing their need to God. As long as they kept bringing their need to God. I'm going to say it again. As long as they kept bringing their need to God. God filled the need. God supplied the need. You know what the Bible says about this? The Bible says that she took that oil and sold it and she paid off all her debt. And she had so much oil left over that she actually lived the rest of her life on that oil. That one little miracle. Because a woman... Come on. Because a woman brought her need to God. She brought her emptiness to God. I'm here to tell you, if you'll bring your emptiness to God and say, Oh God, I need you. God will supply... But if your container ever gets full, I've had enough. I'm, I'm satisfied. I don't need a thing. I got a good job. I got a good husband. I got a great life. If you ever get to that place, the supply will stop. God needs your need for him. Come on. Are you hearing this today? This is what God is saying to you. Bring me your emptiness. Bring me your need. And I will supply your need. God is saying to you, if you never run out of need, I will never run out of supply. We get stuck in the middle. We stop on God and God is on the outside of our life knocking. And he said, I got more supply. I got more supply. Don't be satisfied with your house and your car and your job. I can do more. I can do more. Come on. Somebody needs to bring their need to God. 
Come on, celebration. We need to increase our need for God. You need to hear this today. God is attracted to your need for him. God doesn't need anything but your need for him. Wow. I can remember as a little boy, as I was preparing this and thinking about this, because really, you got to understand, I'm not really preaching to you guys. This God preaches to me. This is how I'm adjusting my, this is really my message. I, all week long, I have altar call after altar call, and I'm the first one in the altar. Oh, God, forgive me. I'm stuck in the middle. God, forgive me for not needing you like I used to need you. I can remember as a little boy, my dad understood the importance of needing God. My dad wasn't a preacher like me. My dad was a construction guy, big old burly guy. He's just tougher than nails. And we, we used to go to church. My dad was a church-going person and just a small little church. And back then, we sang out of hymnals. Anybody remember the old hymnals, the, the songbooks? <laughs> Two people in Clovis. <laughs> the rest of them came from the bars. So thank God we're reaching people. And uh, I can remember going to church and when I was preparing this message and thinking about, man, our need for God. My, my dad understood even as God has blessed his life and blessed him with a family, my, my dad knew and understood the importance of staying hungry for God. And we used to sing an old song, an old hymnal. And, you know, you got to understand this church was very small and, and my dad sang very loud. He was allowed to sing in this big baritone voice. He would, he would sing and we used to sing this song. I need thee, Lord, I need thee. Remember? I need thee, oh... I need thee. You didn't know I could sing. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. As an eight-year-old boy, you don't know what that did for me to look at a burly old construction worker, my dad, my hero. Even at that stage of his life, he said, oh, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. May we never lose our need for God. Come on, some of you need to be somebody's hero. Some of you are blessed, but your kids are watching. Some of you got your cars and your houses and your jobs, but your kids are still watching. Are you still as hungry for God when you had nothing? Because now that you have something, somebody's watching. Your neighbors are watching. Your, your neighbors are watching. Your friends and coworkers are watching. Do you still need God? Is church still important to you? Is worship? So when we came in here a while ago at all the campuses, when we started singing, did, did you say, well, I don't do that no more? Or did you open your heart and say, God, this is an empty container. Would you feel me? I need your presence. I need your healing. Come on, you're never good enough that you don't need God every moment, every minute of your day. I'm almost done. And if you're going to get anything out of this message, you better hurry up because I'm almost done. We're getting ready to pray and get you out of here. I'm almost done. There's a story in Mark chapter 10. 
blind Bartimaeus. Remember the story of blind Bartimaeus? I won't even take you there. We know the story, right? He has a great need. He's blind. He's on the roadside and he's begging. And he hears that Jesus is coming down the road. And he shouts out loud, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what happened at that moment when he, he expressed his need for God? All the religious church-going people of Laodicea, they said, shh, be quiet. We don't do that anymore. Tone it down. Draw back. Pull it back. Be comfortable. Enjoy where you're at. Don't get loud. You know what, you know what Bart did? <laughs> he yelled louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Why? Because Bart had a need. And Jesus stopped that day. And Jesus supplied Bart's need and opened his eyes and healed him. God's attracted to your need for him. God wants to fix your problem. God wants to fix your pain. God wants to fix that hurt and that disappointment and that failure and that weakness. But listen to me. Jesus will pass you by if you don't have a need for him. Jesus, I still need you. Uh, I'm just about done. There's just... Just one more. You got time for just one more? There, there was a man who had a withered hand in the Bible. It's an amazing story. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's Mark chapter 3 if you want to read it later. But Jesus tells this man to stretch out your hand. And most people don't, don't pay close attention enough to know what Jesus was doing. Jesus did not say stretch out your withered hand. Jesus said stretch out your your hand, giving the guy the option whether or not to show God his good hand or his withered hand. For, for most of us, you know what we would have done? Oh, it's good, Jesus. And we would have showed Jesus our good hand because we don't want, we don't want anybody to know that we're, we're hurting and we're in pain. And we got some withered areas of our life. I mean, life is good enough, but we still got some, we got some issues and we're just, we're just faking it until we make it. And so we hide our withered part and act like life is really good. Here it is, Jesus. But that's not what this man did. You know what that man did? He didn't show Jesus his good hand. He showed Jesus his, his deformity, his witheredness. He said, Jesus, here it is. And the moment he showed Jesus his need is the moment God supplied the miracle. The moment God supplied the miracle. Why? Because Jesus is attracted to our, our need. If you have need of him, he can still supply I hope he's not on the outside of this church. I hope he's not on the outside of your life that, hey... It was a good run, but I still have more. I'd like to come in. I'd like to do more for your family. I'd like to do more for your marriage. I'd like to do more. Come on. Come on. That's why celebration, we're not stopping. We got shovels in our hand. 
You might be saying, why did we move our campus over in Fresno? Because we're, listen, because we're, we're digging ditches and we're, and we're believing God to supply. Well, we're not stopping. We're not settling. There's more people to reach. That's the reason why we do multi-campus. Why? We're digging ditches. And if we'll dig up, if we'll dig up, God will fill. Oh, Jesus. I know they're shouting over there. Come on, God's not done here in Clovis. Come on, we're going to dig ditches. We're going to add services. And God's going to fill. Come on, everybody stand to your feet all over this building. Nobody leaving at every campus. Stand to your feet. That's, that's, that's the way that people do that. They stand so I'll quit. I get it. I totally am not just kidding. Please, nobody leave. We're just out of respect. I, we're getting ready to let you out. I know there's a tendency. Man, we're standing. I'm going to get out of here and beat everybody else. I'm going to get my children to get out of here. Listen, listen. Just, just, just out of respect and honor for what God is doing in this moment. Just, just stay put. We're going to get you out of here quick. God's attracted to your need. God is saying, if you'll give me your need, I'll give you my, my supply. I've just come to ask, ask you today, celebration. <laughs> Does anybody still need God? Come on. Does anybody still need God? Well, what are you doing? I'm digging a ditch because I, I have, I have need of God to meet my needs. What are you doing? I'm gathering containers. Why are you doing that? Because I need God to meet my needs. I'm crying out to God. Why are you doing that? Because I still need God to meet my needs. (laughs) I'm still stretching out my messed up hand. Because I don't care where you're at with God. You still got a messed up area in your life. And if you'll stretch it out to God, God will meet your need. Let's not be people who fail to go the distance because we stopped needing God. Let's not be people who fail to go the distance because we stopped needing God. In the context of what I'm preaching today, I'm asking you to be a needy, needy people. Let's be a needy God we still need God. My car is nice, but I still need you. God, my wife is hot. She's hot. Oh, Jesus, you know how hot she is. Oh, but I still need you. My grandbabies are the best. My, they, they, but God, I still need you. I still need to be, need to be in your presence. I need, to, I need to still, God, hear your word. I still need, oh, come on. Does anybody still need God? And celebration, if we'll be a people who still need God, we will end up going the distance. We'll have the eye of the tiger and we'll finish strong. Come on, give the Lord a heck of a praise. Oh, yes. Man, I feel like a preacher today. Hallelujah. Y'all okay? I got two minutes. I'm going to take them all. I'm going to use them all out. All the campuses. Look right here, son. I want you to do that. Would you? Would you? Would you see? My so in our prayer times, we pray here Monday mornings. Pray. To, he's just going to sing this little chord. Would you just at all of our camps, just raise your hands, just open your hearts. If you're feeling comfortable raising your hands, just open your heart. Here's what I want you to hear. Here's here's our song today to God. 
eternity. Lord, I want to yearn for you. Come on, that's wanna it. I want to burn with passion. Come on, that's it. Oh, well, this is our prayer. This is how we're ending this service today. And only you. Come on, we're going to burn. We're gonna Lord, burn. I want to yearn for you. That's the heart of celebration. I want to burn with passion. I'm counting you. Oh, Can you lift your voice and sing that one? Come on, at all the campuses, let's raise our voice. our prayer today. God, I praise you and I thank you, God, that this word has gone deep on the inside of us. God, we're willing to make whatever adjustments because, Lord, we have need of you. And God, we're so grateful, so thankful that there's more. There's more supply. There's more help. There's more healing. There's more deliverance. There's more blessings. And God, we're going to go the distance with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. Here in Clovis, here in Clovis, as they're doing the altar calls at the other services, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And I just want to give an opportunity for those today that, that, that maybe have never acknowledged the need for God. We know we've been talking about having a need for God, but I've been talking about Christ followers who, who lose their need in the, in the journey. But maybe you've never acknowledged your need for, for God. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Him, or maybe you have, and you've just kind of been doing your own thing, and you really know you need to rededicate your life. Very simple. For those that need Jesus today, the Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's you here in this room and you, 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 you want me to lead you in a prayer, you want to acknowledge your need for God, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me today. Hands going up all over this building. Oh, wow, 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 wow. You can put your hands down. I'm going to ask those to, that lifted their hands or should have lifted their hands and pray this prayer. And the, and the point of this is not to repeat a prayer, but to mean it with everything on the inside of your heart to surrender your life to God. And I'm going to ask everybody here to pray this prayer as a means of support for those, so many of you that are praying this prayer, maybe for the first time or maybe for the hundredth time. But the, but the Bible says if you have need of him, if, 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 you, if you call out to him, he'll, he'll save you. He's going to do that right now in this moment. Say, Father God, out loud, say, Father God, I need you. I surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. Father God, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. I surrender my life. From this day forward, I'm going to live for you because I have need of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. 
podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.